take a moment to share with you a short thought uh, this morning as we're gathered in church. Uh, when God says go, in Genesis to Revelation, God's desire is to speak to his people and command them to go and do something. Uh, God is not only interested in uh, what we believe or how we behave, though those two things are extremely important. He, he said he is interested in us being obedient to his call to do what he asks us and commands us and tells us to go and do. And throughout scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, God's desire is to speak to people with the command for them to go and do the thing that he's asked them to do to go and do something and you may be sitting in church this morning and you may be undecided about something that's going on in your life somebody that you maybe need to go and speak to some situation that you need to go and sort out some step of faith that you may need to take I don't want to encourage you this morning really with this thought of when God says go you know, throughout scriptures, as I say, there are many, many stories of God saying to his people to go and do something. God told Noah uh, to go and build an ark. And at the time, there was no rain, there was nothing. Everybody just ignored him. They thought he was crazy or doing what he was doing. But God had told him to go and Noah was obedient to that. God told Abraham to leave his homeland and go to a new country. And though at times it didn't make sense why he did that, he was obedient to the call to go because God had told him to go. God had told Moses to go to Pharaoh to tell him to let his people go. Uh, Esther had to go before the king to plead for her people. Uh, that simply that was her responsibility. It was, uh, as we know, the verse that says, for she was born for such a time as this. Uh, because he had to go. Jesus tells his disciples at the end of Matthew uh, to go and make disciples. So there is an aspect of our Christian walk, there is an aspect of our Christian life that actually involves more than just sitting and staying, but actually going. The God uh, commands us to go. And Acts chapter 9 is one of these stories. And when we read Acts chapter 9, we know it's a story of Saul's conversion. Uh, but I want to look at it from Ananias' point of view because Ananias was the one who was sent to Saul uh, to pray for him, uh, to simply to, to, to see him healed, to share with him the gospel because we know the story of Saul's conversion that Saul was on his road on the way to Damascus to arrest the Christians but Ananias plays a significant role in the beginning of Paul's journey and there were three things that I noticed about Ananias that will help us this morning uh, when we try and look at this question of when God says go the first one is this he was observant which means he recognized the voice of God when God spoke to him that actually in the story we will see it tells us that he was a man who observed the law but he recognized in the vision that he had when God spoke to him he recognized that which means he was observant he was already doing some of the stuff that God had called him to go and do the second thing is this we notice that he was an overcomer uh, what did he have to overcome well he had to overcome his fear uh, because he was going to the very man that was arresting the first believers, the first Christians. And to be honest with you, he didn't probably want to be the man to go and, and share what God had given him to share. He was reluctant, we see, in the beginning. But he overcame 
his fear and went where God told him to go. And the third thing that comes with this is he was obedient. That simply when God had told him to go, he was just obedient and went and did what God called him to do. Somebody once said that delayed obedience is disobedience. That if you leave it longer than you should, you miss the opportunity that God has given you to do something. So there is a timing thing here when it comes to that. But God called Ananias to do this, to turn Saul from an outsider into an insider and an enemy into a friend. That's why God had told Ananias to go, told him specifically where to go. The first 19 verses of Acts chapter 9 tell us this. It says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men travelling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Paul Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptised and after taking some food he regained his strength. So it's important for us to understand the part that Ananias played here. That when God commanded him to go that he was going to go to Paul. The first thing we notice here is Ananias is observant. Paul writes this later on in Acts when he says this. In Acts 22 verse 12 he says, A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. So Paul understands this when he writes this further on of who Ananias was. He was an observer of the law, which means he was an observer of the word. 
uh, that when God had commanded him to do something, he was already the person that understood the law, understood who God was, understood what God had done, but most importantly, understood the, pl the plan that God had that, had that was there through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we see that he's a devout observer. So Ananias does two things for Saul. When he meets him, he surrounds him with love because he calls him his brother in verse 17. And he grounds him in the gospel. We notice that God called it to him in a vision. And he says, yes, Lord. So if the first thing he does is he recognizes God's voice. How, if God is speaking to me, how do I know it's God? You know, sometimes when you sit with people, that is one of the questions that they ask. They tell you that they have a sense or a feeling or a thought or something that's happened and they say, I think that's God speaking to me. And I often turn around to them and say, well, listen, there are some things that you can do to help you know that if this is God speaking to you. The first one is, is, what, is, is, is what is being said to you supported and backed up by the word. That's the first and most important one, that if something is being said by God, is it being supported uh, by the word? The second thing is, is this, is it something that fits in, in a sense, with the circumstances that are going on in your life at the moment? Is God answering a prayer for you? Sometimes when things just come out of the blue and people are like, oh, that must be God. But actually, God speaks to us primarily through his word and his spirit, but then the circumstances as well. And Ananias was already in the place he was already there he was already an observer of the law he was already praying and spending time with God because that's how he recognized God's voice and so if you were doing all of these things they are the foundation the groundwork uh, for God giving the command for him to go so God called to him in a vision and he simply says this I love this straight away he says yes Lord he recognized the voice of God straight away by saying, yes, Lord. He recognized it because he was a devout observer of the law. Now, one of the interesting things about when God speaks to his people in the book of Acts is he's always very specific about what he tells them to do, to go somewhere, to speak to this person and give them the name. There's none of this sort of general sort of, you know, well, I'm in church. I always remember Bible college way back in the 90s uh, and stuff, and, and people would give words, and there was nothing wrong with the words, but they were so general, it could have ended up being anybody. There was somebody in here, and a sense of got a bad back well listen listen a good few people will have a bad back you know just to the number of some of your old ones in here that Tim was talking about you know and sometimes people are so general with it they forget that God is actually a specific God speaking to our specific circumstances in a specific way and this is what he does here with Ananias and with Saul God speaks to Ananias and it's like I said last Sunday night when we talked about Bartimaeus and we're here again with another individual that God speaks to our individual circumstances because he's interested in every aspect of our lives and God is extremely specific here because he gives Ananias all of this information he says the name of the man is to go and see which is Saul the house he is 
is in Judas. The name of the street, straight. The name of the town Saul was from. What Saul was doing, praying. His physical state, blind. The name of the man who was coming, Ananias. How he would be healed, laying on of hands. The purpose is a chosen instrument to the Gentiles. And when I read all of that, I understood this one thing. When he calls Ananias, he makes it so easy for him, doesn't he? There's sort of no reason for Ananias to turn around and say, I can't do that. You haven't given me enough information. He's given him the exact information to go and do what God wants him to do. Because when God calls us to do something, he always equips us with the stuff that we need to go and do what he calls us to do. And because Saul is so important, his conversion is so important, and God has a plan for the birth of the Christian church that we read about in the New Testament, Ananias gets his specific message that simply said all of this information it tells him who he's looking for what he has to do and almost even extra stuff like his physical state and things like that you see God appoints specific people for a specific task Ananias just simply had this special and specific job to do and he simply just had to go and do it and we see that he hesitates a little bit, but we understand this as well, that for us, the Christian life is as much about discovering the direction you should go as much as the direction you shouldn't go, what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Uh, and we talked about it last week. Uh, so we talked about it one of the weeks with Timothy. When Paul writes to Timothy and he gives him a list of do's and don'ts, and sometimes people say to you, well, Christian life's not a rule book. The Bible's not a rule book. Well, actually it is. Actually, there are things that we're to do because it helps us to grow, it helps us to mature, it helps us to become the people that God wants us to become. And the things that we don't do because we know that it causes us pain, it causes us trouble, it causes us things that are not good for us in our lives. And so the Christian life here is as much about discovering the direction you should go as much as the direction you shouldn't go. The times when God does tell us to go and do something, it is for our benefit. It's a difficulty sometimes, isn't it? It's a real challenge for all of us. It has been for me when it affects us, when we hold unforgiveness maybe in our heart or bitterness towards somebody. And we say to ourselves, I'm dealing with it, I'm coping with it. And actually God says, go and deal with it. That's a hard thing to do at times because it means swallowing our pride and actually going to the person that has hurt. I have to be careful I don't look at anybody in case I think I'm talking about them. So I look at the back screen there, okay? And he says, but it, 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 that's a challenge there, isn't it? When God says go, not just to go and tell people about him, but actually to go and do the things that make us up as Christians, sometimes those are challenging when God tells us to go because that's the direction that we have to go. So we see that he was observant, but the second thing we see, he was an overcomer. Often accomplishments for God usually begin with just being available. I'm so glad that when God calls somebody, he doesn't have a checklist of the gifting that you possibly have. They can do this, they can do that, they can do this, they're not so good at that. And this is actually what God looks more for in anybody is their availability rather than their ability. And I'm not knocking ability because you need ability, you need gifting to do some of the stuff that we do. But what God looks for above all else is the availability. It's just for somebody that simply says, Lord, here I am, send me. 
And Ananias suddenly has this fear in a sense here because, you know, he, he's there and, you know, he's looking at it and he suddenly he's heard the stories about Saul. He knows what he's come to do. He knows that he's been part of some of the events and activities that happened in the early church that, that have resulted in Stephen being martyred and other Christians being murdered for their faith. And yet God says to him, he says, go, go speak to this man. Now we can understand that hesitation. We can understand that because none of us would be sort of like, hold on a second, I'm not sure I really want to do that. As we said last week, the first uh, thing of leadership is delegation. So you would look maybe to send somebody else to go and do it and say, well, you go and see them. But there isn't anybody else here. God has told Ananias, he said, you need to go. You need to go to this place. And you see, often when God tells us to go and do something, we use uh, human excuses. Well, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm not skillful or able or gifted enough to do that. Or what happens on the other side where, what happens maybe if they don't forgive me? What happens if, you know, the, the, it, it doesn't have the expected result? Well, that, that's where faith often comes in. You know, there's a sign with the pictures outside the office there that says, nobody knows what God does on the other side of our step of obedience. Yeah. And that's so true and it's so relevant in everything that we do in life that actually we want to control the situation and we want to control the result of it as well. But actually what faith does, it says, hey, we go and do what God has told us to do, but we don't know what God does on the other side of our step of obedience. And that is clear in this story what happens when Ananias goes and sees uh, Saul. You see, God has a habit of calling those are available and as it says Ananias was told by God to do this and he'd no idea what's happened already on the Damascus road to Saul hasn't heard his testimony he's not going around the town at the moment uh, but he just knew what he'd done in Jerusalem because he'd mentioned that and he'd had the authority to arrest anybody in the town you know and as I said his response could have been this he says God are you sure this is crazy you know who this guy is you know he hurts people like me is there nobody else to do it? And really God says no, because he's the one that God has called to do the thing that God wants him to do. You see, it's a great deal easier to do that which God gives us to do, no matter how hard it is, than to face the responsibility of not doing it. And you see, Ananias has to do two things here when God tells him to go. He has to show courage to start with because he doesn't know the situation that he's going into. But he also has to show grace as well because he's going to this man who he's heard all the stories about and stuff. And so when God says go, we go. When God speaks, we respond. Ananias has shared his concerns. He's had a wee discussion with God. He's put his arguments forward. And God simply responds, that's okay, go. That's what he does. He still tells us to go. What does Ananias have to do? He has to be obedient to do what God has called him to do. But Ananias learns an important lesson that we forget sometimes. And the, it's a little bit like this. I, and we've all done this. I understand this and had to come to realize the world doesn't revolve around me. Maybe that's a word for somebody this morning. The world doesn't revolve around me. That's it, God is at work in everybody's lives. He's work at work in all situations. He's at work and there are things that we don't see. And Ananias learns this, that God has already been at work. 
You see, often when God asks us to do something, it's a part of the jigsaw, a part of the complete puzzle, a part of the puzzle that needs to be completed. And here in this situation, God has already been at work. He says, we read in the beginning of the story of what's happened to Saul. And here we understand this, and this verse sums it up perfectly when it says, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose which prevails. It's his work. It's his will. It's not ours. We simply just play a part in it. And so Ananias goes and he meets Saul. And the wonderful thing about what happens is Saul, sorry, Ananias begins to see how God was going to use him, how God uses him in this particular situation. Because Ananias has a mighty presence of the Holy Spirit on him. And we see how God uses him. He supernaturally received a vision, which we've spoken about. He miraculously opened Saul's blind eyes. He ministered the baptism of the Holy Spirit to him, and he prophesied to him. You do not know what God will do on the other side of your step of obedience. So you cannot fix the result, and you cannot tell God how you think this will plan out and how this will work out. We are obedient to do what God calls us to do, when he tells us to go and that wonderful story and Ananias is not only really heard of in this place in the Bible but what a significant important part he plays in the plan of God in leading Saul praying for Saul uh, prophesying to Saul in a sense just reconfirming what God has already said you know it's interesting often when God calls us to go it would be so much easier if he just gave us the complete plan that we could just open it out on a large table to see this was the plan of our life. This is the plan of our life that we're going to go from A to B and then from B to C and then from C to D and onwards and stuff. And it would be so much easier if we understood our life like that and the plans that God has for us. But God does, has a habit of not doing that because we have to trust him. God often takes us from A to Z and then from Z back to T and then from T up to E and then from E over to M. And we're looking sometimes and we're saying, well, I don't always understand what God is doing, but we trust God in all that he's doing. And so Ananias had to understand that. All he had to do to begin with was to take that first step to go and do what God had called him to do. When God told him to go, all he had to do was go. And then when he met Saul and he did these things, he says, we see there what God does because a man is faithful, a man or woman is faithful and obedient to do what God has called them to do. Because obedience is an attitude, not an event. What happens sometimes is we think if I obey once, God will not ask me again. That is simply not true. Obedience is a process, it's an attitude. It's not once that you think, oh, I'll do that. You do not stand on your wedding day next to your bride and say, I'm going to obey you today, just today. She might not marry her. It is a process, it is not an event, and it's the same with God. It's not an event that we just say, yes, God, I will obey you. The practice of that, the fruit of that is seen in our life when God commands us to go and to do something. So what do we do then? The three things, we're to be observant, open our ears, eyes and heart to listen to what God is saying. We're to be an overcomer. 
to overcome our fears when God tells us to go and do something we have to rely on him and then we're to be obedient as well to do what he's asked us to do excuse me commanded us to do the delayed obedience is disobedience the challenge for us this morning as we're here in church is simply this is maybe there is something in your life this word speaks to you this morning that you have to go and do something I don't know what the specific situation is but you do and it might be something that God has dropped in your heart that says you really need to go and do this this is holding you back from your walk from growing maturely in your walk with me and and almost that phrase that quote that I said that we do not know what God will do on the other side of our step of obedience that actually there are times that we take steps of faith but here this morning we're being called to take a step of obedience when God says to us to go then we as his people must go and do what he's commanded us to do let us pray Father God we thank you this morning Father we don't always understand everything that happens much like Ananias but God we do understand that you have everything in control that God that you have a plan and that God we are simply the part of your plan we're not the writer of your plans we're not the we don't draw up your plans Lord we're just simply part of it Father you are at work and Father we fit into that and Father you've called uh, Father each and every one of us to go to go and do something Father we know at times that it's to take a step of faith we know at times it may be to take a step of obedience uh, and Father we come before you today and we pray for those in church this morning Father Father those that you are speaking to their hearts to the spirit now Father the Father those things are, that you've called them to do Father we take comfort and assurance that we do not know what you are going to do on the other side of our step of obedience so Father we just obey today we just come before you today and do what has to be done do what you've called us to do and Father for you give us the strength and you equip us to do that and so Father I pray that for the many people in here in church this morning that Father maybe your spirit is speaking to at this moment so we just thank you Father God for your word that it's a relevant word that it's an up-to-date word that Father God it speaks to us as your living word we pray your blessing today in Jesus' name, Amen.